Hello and welcome back to the True Blue Sporting Podcast official NRL season preview for 2022. We are up to who I believe is going to run 12th and 11th this season. In 12th, I've got a side who people are predicting to rise up the ladder. And yes, I think they'll rise from where they were, but I don't think they'll get to the heights where people are predicting them. It's the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. I've got them climbing four spots from 21 and finishing in 12th. It's obviously been well documented the recruitment drive the Bulldogs have been on in season 2022. With Josh Adokar, Braden Burns, Matt uh, Burton, Josh Cook, Matt Dufty, Reese Hoffman, Max King, Brent Naden, Tavita Pengai Jr. and Paul Vaughan all coming to the club in season 2022. However, there have been an extensive list of players who have also exited the doors at Belmore. However, they aren't that notable, with the most notable being Nick Kotrick, uh, Meany, Dylan Napa, and Lachlan Lewis. Obviously, William Hopawade has also retired uh, this previous season. The main question mark I've got around the Bulldogs is how these guys will gel. How all the recruits will gel. Obviously, if you look at them all individually, they have recruited very well. Josh Adokar is a premier winger in our game and one of the best alongside Brian To'o. But I do have worries and concerns about him coming to Canterbury. At Melbourne, all he, could, all he had to do was sit on the edge and the ball would get to him. I'm just not sure whether the inside men at Canterbury can get him the ball in the same ways that the likes of Cameron Munster, Ryan Pappenhausen, Nico Hines, Brandon Smith and Harry Grant could. Matt Burton, obviously he was sensational at the Penrith Panthers, but he wasn't the star. He was a man in that system who just had to do his job. He had Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, Api Coruscant, Isaiah Yeo. He had to play at se- he had to play at centre to get in the side. He's a footballer. Everyone knows that. And Matt Burton is a very very good player. However, this year his role changes. He changes from being a person in the cog to being the main cog. He is now the leader of this side. He will play five eight, but he will drive them around and he will be the main focal point of their attack. But I do think he will have a very very good season this year because he's just a type of player who doesn't appear to be flustered, doesn't appear to get overwhelmed in a situation, and he just knuckles down and does what he does, and does what he does best, which is playing very, very good football. Although there are some recruits who I do have a few questions over. I think Paul Vaughan, even though it is a big name in terms of a former New South Wales and a former Australian player, the way he exited... St. George was obviously um, well-documented with Barbecue Gate. I just don't know whether he will suit the new culture which Canterbury is starting to develop. Matt Dufty, as all um, as well, coming from St. George, uh, he's another one who I've got a bit of concerns about. There's no doubts with Matt Dufty that he is a very, very good attacking fullback. He rakes up the try assist, and there was a game where they played the Brisbane Broncos. And he four try assists in a game. He was the best player on the park. And he has that ability. But my biggest concern with Matt Dufty is defensively. He's quite a small fullback. So when the ball, a high ball goes up, 
that's a concern for me. I don't think he's the best under the high ball. And also, I think positionally he has a lot to work on, where a lot of balls that go Matt Dufty's way hit the ground, and it's very hard to get on the front foot in their um, coming out of yardage because the ball is going on the ground. If he's able to work on his positional play at fullback, organising a defensive line as well, which is a key part of fullback play and probably the most important part that isn't noticed, then he can be a great signing for this club. Davida Pengai Jr. as well. Obviously, we saw what he delivered at Penrith, but that was at Penrith. Channeling over only four weeks before, he was playing at Brisbane and wasn't really one of the best players on the field. He went to Penrith with the likes of Cleary, Luai. They simplified his role. He simplified his role, and he went and played a very good um, back end of the season and final series, which saw him leave Penrith with a premiership. Obviously, with all these signings coming in together, team chemistry is a huge question mark for me as well. And I think that's one thing to watch at the start. I think if Canterbury struggle at the beginning of the year, with a few losses in a row potentially, I do think pressure goes on to Trent Barrett. And that's a concern. I don't think we can expect Canterbury to come out of the gates really strong. I think if Canterbury are going to go well this year, it's going to be towards the back end of the year when they finally get those combinations ready to go and then when they're finally working. And this side has some very quality footballers waiting to join them with um, the likes of Viliami Kikau and Reese Marnie, Reed Marnie rather, as well. So this year, I don't think will be the Bulldogs' year in terms of making the finals, but I think they will make a positive step forward um, and for those fans, they need a positive step forward because they've had a few lean years. Obviously, Phil Guild is back at the club. Um, and is this the implementation of a new five-year plan? I think so. Will it bring a premiership like it did at Penrith? I just don't know yet. I, I just don't think they've got the right man at the helm, if I'm quite honest with Trent Barrett. With this side as well there's been a lot of question marks who's going to partner Matt Burton in the halves and in their first trial game it was Jake Avarillo but personally I think you've got to give Kyle Flanagan the first crack at the jersey Kyle Flanagan he has been in a Roosters system and in, in, he's a very very good player and I think he was made a bit of a scapegoat um, at the Sydney Roosters when he was um, told that he was able to look elsewhere and Canterbury signed him on a three-year deal and said, look, you're our man. You're the man to lead this club forward. And after a month or so, he was dropped out of the side. So that doesn't make sense to me. Um, he was in and out of first grade last year. Avarillo played a bit of half, but I just don't think Avarillo is a half quite yet. I think Avarillo is best suited either at centre um, or even in a jersey number 14. And if he's close to the halves, he's probably wearing six, but I wouldn't have... Uh, Avarillo and Burton in the same halves. I think, I think you've got to go with Kyle Flanagan to start the season and show him a, a vote of confidence. I think with Flanagan, he just hasn't been given that person to go, look, you're our man. We're going to invest some time. We're going to invest in you. And if Trent Barrett can do that and say, look, you're going to get first crack and you're going to be the man to lead us forward, we could see the best footy out of Kyle Flanagan. And that's what I'm hoping for because... There was times at Cronulla where he was brilliant in that side. So if we look at who I think is going to run out for Canterbury in round one, 
I've got Matt Dufty at fullback, Brent Naden on the wing with Josh Adokar, Aaron Schott in the centres with Jake Avarillo, Matt Burton, Kyle Flanagan, as I said, are the halves, Paul Vaughan and Jeremy Mar- uh, Luke Thompson are the front row with Jeremy Marshall King, who has improved solidly in that nine spot. Josh Jackson, the club captain, he's been there through thick and thin, is the lock. Tavita Pengai Jr. in the back row with Corey Waddell. Jake Heverington, uh, Joe Stimson, Arva Siamanufangai. And if Raymond Fatula Mariner is fit, and I'm hoping that he is, I have him going on the bench. But there is big question marks on whether he will be fit for round one. So if he isn't there, I've got Max King in jersey number 17. Now moving on to number uh, to spot rather number eleven in this year's ladder, I'm going to put the Saint George Illawarra Dragons in eleventh, and I'm going to predict a very similar season to last year for them. Everyone last year after the Charity Shield said they're in for an extremely long year with a horrible performance, quite frankly, in Mudgy, but they've got. And it's very exciting youth prospects at that club. Very exciting with the likes of Tyrell Sloan, Amone, Sullivan, and you can even throw Zach Lomax. He's still extremely young in there. And that, for me, is the nucleus which is starting to form for that side. It's the nucleus where they are able to go for the next five, ten years and will guide St. George, hopefully, to finally make the top eight. Uh, they've also got an extremely big recruitment drive in the off-season, which reporters in the rugby league community have marked very similarly to Moneyball. They've gone for the old heads, the experienced, got them on cheaper contracts, got half of them being paid by the clubs which they were previously at, previously at which was were, were very big contracts, but now they've got them at a price which really suits the way they play. They've brought George Burgess back from England, and we didn't think we'd see him again, but it's great to see him recovering from his hip injury in his first hit out last week in a trial. Moses Embai joins from the West Tigers. Francis Molo from the Cowboys. Jaden Sewer, who is a very, very strong back rower in this competition and is going to go straight in their first grade side. It joins from South Sydney. Moses Suley, who couldn't quite crack it at uh, Manly behind Harper and Parker, gets his chance to solidify a first grade centre spot at St. George. Aaron Woods and Jack Gazewski are also recruits for them. They've also lost Gerard Beal, who has retired. Adam Clune has gone to Newcastle. Matt Dufty, as I said, is at the Bulldogs. Cam McInnes, a big, big loss um, after an ACL injury, which didn't, uh, which we didn't get to see him in his last year in the Red V. Corey Norman has retired. Jordan Pereira is off to Brisbane. And Paul Vaughan joins Matt Dufty at the Bulldogs. Now, we talk at individual players. I'm looking towards the more experienced guys. I think um, the guys to look out for are the likes of Jack Bird and Jack DeBellin. Jack Bird, he's making a move to the edge. And I think this is good. Jack's got a very, very big frame. He's a strong ball player. He's very, very damaging when he gets the ball under his wing and he's able to take the fences on. And he could be extremely damaging on an edge. And he played centre last year, but I just don't think he can. He will be best um, put in this side in the centres with who they've got. I think they, they're playing him on the edge in the charity shield, so I'm really looking forward to see how he goes there. 
and I think this can be his spot. He's jumbled around, really. He he started off at Cronulla in the centres. He tried um, a move to the 5'8". He played 5'8 while he was at Cronulla when he first came into grade. Then he moved into the centres. He's tried a spot at fullback. He didn't quite get there because of an injury and an ACL injury. He then came back to St. George and played in the centres. But Jack Bird has finally looked to have knuckled down a spot. I think Jack DeBellin's in for a big, big year in 2022. Jack DeBellin was the best lock in the game before his incident. Um, he was stood down through the no-fault stand-down policy a couple of years ago. And people have forgotten it. The game He was the original ball-playing lock. He was the one who created this new style of ball playing. And I think this year is his year to go big, really big. And I would not be surprised if he wins back, not his starting role in the State of Origin side, but definitely a bench spot or in and around the squad this year. He's just got incredible hands. And it we saw it... A, uh, we saw bits of it last year when he first came back and he was just getting his groove, but now he's got a full preseason training in and around the squad. Yes, he has been training um, with them, but this year is the year for Jack DeBellin to go big. If we're looking at the young prospects, the one I'm really excited to watch is Tyrell Sloan. He is just so silky to watch. He's becoming one of my favorite players to watch quite frankly. The way he moves with the ball is so silky. It's so smooth. It reminds me a lot of David Peachy from Cronulla back in the day. He's just a tall body, very big, and just moves so lightly. And when he gets into space, he just looks like he's gliding. Also, the um, Amone in the halves with Benny Hunt. Ben Hunt is gonna le- has to lead from the front again if they're to go on any um, finals run in 22. But we saw him do it last year. Last year, before Ben Hunt got injured, these guys were a top eight side. They lost the, their seven, they lost their halfback, and they looked a bit a little bit rudderless. He just provides that stability. And I think we're finally getting to see the Ben Hunt of old, back when he was at Brisbane. And I, it's taken Ben a lot of time to get back to that. And now that he's there, I think he's going to go big in 22. And I look, I'm going to make a call that he is going to win the half spot from Daly Cherry Evans. That's right. Ben Hunt is going to wear the number seven for the Queensland Maroons. For me, I think that's who it should be. I think St. George, they're going to start well. They're going to have a very good start of the season like they always do. But I'm going to pick them to fade. I'm, I'm going to pick them to just drop off a bit um, because I just don't think they can do it consistently. They did it last year. Yes, they had a, an incident which halted their progression. But I think they're going to fade this year. They're going to start well, but the likes of Sloan in his first season, Amone in his first season, they're two members of the spine who are going to be fundamental to how they go. So I think they're going to um, not struggle towards the back end of the year, but but not be producing the consistent performances that they'll be asking for. So in saying that, the round one predicted lineup for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, Tyrell Sloan at the back, Cody Ramsey, who's bulked up a lot in the offseason on one wing, and Michaeli Ravawala on the other. He's a damaging, damaging player. Zach Lomax and Moses Sully in the centres, which is a very strong centre pairing for the club. Amone and Ben Hunt in the halves. Ben Hunt, obviously, will captain the side. Aaron Woods, Josh Maguire in the front row with a very consistent hooker in Andrew McCulloch. Jack Bird, Jack DeBellin, and Jaden Sewer 
is the back row, and that is a very, very strong NRL back row and could go down as one of the best in the competition if they all perform. Moses Embai becomes their Mr. Fix-It in jersey number 14 and can play any position in the back line or even nine. Josh Kerr, George Burgess, and Blake Laurie round out the interchange bench. So that is who I've got finishing in 12th and 11th for this season, and we're slowly but surely working our way up to the top. So recapping my official ladder prediction for season 2022 is the North Queensland Cowboys in 16th, the West Tigers in 15th, the Newcastle Knights in 14th, the New Zealand Warriors in 13th, the Canterbury Rankstown Bulldogs in 12th, and the St. George Illawarra Dragons in 11th. I'll see you next time on the True Blue Sporting Podcast.